You're listening to the Quince podcast. Two of the key electoral battles in India will be fought starting tomorrow in West Bengal and Assam, which are set to go for its first phase of voting from 27th March. The Bharatiya Janata Party is facing tough battles from its opposition in the TMC in Bengal and the Congress in Assam. From the effect of Mamata Banerjee's recent injury on West Bengal polls to the repercussions of BJP's silence on the Citizenship Amendment Act in Assam, both states are projecting a close call for their incumbent governments. With phase 1 polling starting in both states tomorrow, in today's episode we'll go through the latest political developments in each state, how each side is faring on the main issues of the election and what the voters have said so far. To discuss all this for today's episode, I spoke with Arthi Jairath, a senior journalist and a political commentator, and Aditya Menon, the Queen's political editor. Get tuned in to the Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you, and I'm your host, Emmat. Let's start with West Bengal first, where the incumbent CM Mamata Banerjee is fighting the election in a plastered foot. which has not hindered her campaigning at all the chief minister was allegedly pushed by four to five men while she was campaigning in nandigram a district that propelled her to victory in 2011 mamta didi as she is known in the state has now hauled herself into a wheelchair post in nandigram incident and is wielding her plastered limb as a political weapon during her campaign rallies and has even gone to the extent to state in her rallies that the attack on her was a conspiracy by the bjp to kill her but the question is how far can a sympathy vote carry the tmc in this nail biting election where the bjp is holding no stops in defaming the incumbent cm as per the c voter snap poll 40.8% of respondents believe that there was a deep conspiracy while 36.6% have dubbed it as a drama to invoke sympathy and 22.2% can't say arthi jarath a senior journalist and a political analyst believes that even if the sympathy vote doesn't tip the scales in favor of the tmc mamta banerjee is a very strong candidate and remains a popular cm face So you know historically i mean uh, indira gandhi narendra modi arvind kejriwal even sharad pawar in the last maharashtra elections they have uh, you know sort of uh, positioned themselves as underdogs and done very well they've been very successful uh, this is the first time that mamta banerjee is trying this ploy because you know when she first stormed to power in uh, 2011 hmm. she ran a very aggressive positive campaign calling for change poribortal uh, against the left and she dislodged the left and in uh, you know 5 years later again she ran a fairly aggressive uh, you know positive campaign basically that there was no alternative to her and she did even better you know in 2016 than she did mm-hmm. in 2011 So this is the first time that she's actually fighting an election by you know positioning herself as the underdog, and um, I mean you know and you 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 can see that it's rattling the BJP because every second day the BJP Bengal chief Dilip Ghosh is coming out with some kind of sexist comment about uh, why doesn't she wear Bermuda shorts if she wants to show off her legs, yes. you know. wearing a sari is uh, you know it's a, it's it sari is a decent dress it's indecent to lift up your sari and show your foot so clearly the bjp is quite rattled by this ploy of mamtas uh, now whether the people are going to buy into it or not uh, I, i don't know you know we have this is a very long election in bengal it's eight phases spread out uh, you know over more than a month 
so you know she has to keep up that tempo of being the underdog of you know uh, asking mm -hmm. for sympathy votes and so on i mean she is an extremely popular leader in bengal there is no yeah. doubt about that and i think she still despite uh, you know the fairly strong evident anti incumbency against her she does remain the tallest and most popular leader in bengal so i think that there is a certain amount of sympathy now whether this is going to get her past the winning post i think i mean i would hesitate to judge because this is a very very closely fought election and the bjp is throwing everything into the election everything that it's got all the resources from you know the state power to state agencies to money to you know the kitchen sink to whatever you know they're just throwing everything into this election and that's mm -hmm. a very very powerful and formidable challenger although the bjp says it will wipe out the tmc in 2021 there are several internal issues that the bjp still needs to iron out first mainly the big question who will be their cm and this has been one of the main talking points of the tmc campaign as well the lack of a cm pace has worked in favor of the bjp in the past but loyalty and emotions are intricate parts of the west bengal politics and just a few hours away from poll starting arthi jerat believes that if the bjp had a strong hindu bengali leader in the state they would have won and it is one of the main things holding them back this election Well, I think it is a definite handicap for the BJP. I mean, I am fairly confident that underdog or no underdog, if the BJP had a strong Hindu Bengali leader in Bengal, mm. the BJP would have won in Bengal because I think that there is a fair amount of anti-incumbency now after against Mamta after ten years in power, mm. and this is the big failing of the BJP that they don't have that kind of face. You know, Dilip Ghosh is a Bengali, but actually, his Bengali is not—he he speaks better Hindi than Bengali. So, you know, he's not not really considered mm -hmm. a true blue uh, Bengali uh, in that sense. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you know, in Bengal, the Bengali identity is very, very strong. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it 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 uh, defines uh, the Bengali, uh, you know, and kind of sets the Bengali apart from the rest of India. and has always been um of course not everybody is a part of this bengali because this this bengali identity is largely for the uh, you know upper castes and the urban elite but uh, again you know this is a failing of the bjp that because they're not able to uh, really kind of uh, project a good bengali face mm. you know they may get the subaltern vote i mean they may get uh, you know the sort of tribal vote and they may get uh, you know sort of the backward caste vote and so on but they are not they are failing to make inroads with the upper caste the intelligentsia the you know urban elite and i think that you know although those may be smaller in number but you know they do set up the narrative for an election uh, mamta's big strength in 2011 when she ousted the left which had been in power for 34 years in bengal mamta's big strength was that the entire intelligentsia switched over to her you know all the writers the poets the actors the you know other uh, you know kind of uh, the, the influencers the you know the mm. thinkers of bengal they all switched over to mamta banerjee and they are the ones that created the narrative around this slogan of poribortan which really helped mamta to sail through 
you know, it's not easy to uh, uh, dislodge. It was not easy to dislodge the left from its citadel after 34 years. The BJP has failed to do that. The BJP, uh, you know, I think there is definitely on the ground amongst the poor, there is a definite mm -hmm. feeling for, for uh, the BJP and, uh, you know, this, this Jai Shri Ram, uh, which, which all BJP candidates are using, uh, is not so much of a Hindu slogan as a, you know, cry for change. You know, it's, it's the BJP's slogan of Paribhartan. So I think that, uh, you know, that, that they're getting, but they are not being able to create an overall narrative uh, for Bengal because the intelligentsia is not with them. And that is because they, they lack a good Bengali face to lead them. They're still seen as a party of, uh, you know, Hindi party from North India led by two Gujaratis. Uh, you know, I don't know how well that washes in Bengal, which has very, very, which has a very strong regional identity and a cultural identity, a linguistic identity, an ethnic identity. Now, the final focal point of the debate is regarding the implementation of the Controversial Citizenship Amendment Act, CAA, and the National Register for Citizens, NRC. And its implementation is one of the BGP party promises if it comes to power in Bengal. Interestingly, the party is facing a dilemma regarding CAA and NRC in both West Bengal and Assam. At one end, the party's national president J.P. Nadda, while releasing the poll manifesto in Assam, said CAA cannot be changed through state legislation and did not commit to its implementation. But just two days after, Union Home Minister Amit Shah, while releasing the manifesto for West Bengal, said that the state cabinet would take a decision on implementing CAA if the BGP party comes to power. And the BGP party is also silent on implementing NRC in West Bengal fearing that doing so could impact Hindu migrants from Bangladesh. Aarti Jairat weighs in on how the BJP is negotiating the conundrum of the CA debate in both states. You can see that even during the poll, they're quite silent on CAA in Assam, whereas yeah. in Bengal, uh, you know, they put it into their manifesto as the first thing that the cabinet will do after, if the BJP wins. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the BJP is on very, very tricky ground as far as CAA is concerned. And uh, it's not just domestically, it's not just in Assam or in Bengal. It's on very tricky ground, even with, uh, you know, in, 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 in terms of its diplomatic relations with Bangladesh. Mm. As you know, uh, Modi was supposed to go to Bangladesh last year. And uh, I mean, officially, the reason for the postponement of the visit was Corona. But uh, actually, the reason was that there were very strong anti-Modi rallies all over Dhaka. Uh, you know, through the month of uh, February and March, because of the CAA, because of the way Amit Shah described illegal Bangladeshis as termites, mm. you know, and so on. So, you know, it's it's tricky both domestically as well as diplomatically. Now, Modi has gone to Bangladesh. And, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, they're yeah. obviously trying very hard to, uh, you know, rebuild the bilateral relationship, particularly because China has been wooing Bangladesh so hard. And they want to stop China from, you know, I mean, taking away this one very important neighbor. I mean, China has already made inroads into Nepal. Pakistan is with China anyway. Sri mm -hmm. Lanka is also, you know, pretty much with China. So is Myanmar. And uh, Bhutan is also flirting with uh, China. So, you know, Bangladesh is the one country that's left that is still very much with India. And I think it's important for India to keep Bangladesh on its side and prevent it from crossing over to the Chinese camp.
So the CA becomes a very, very tricky issue. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't know how the BJP is going to negotiate it, but, you know, as you know, manifesto promises, I mean, how many parties keep their manifesto promises anyway? Mm. So maybe it'll just go down as, you know, one of those promises mm. that was made in the manifesto, but not implemented. And then they can always use a second surge of Corona as an excuse for, uh, you know, postponing mm. it further. While there's a lot of media attention and buzz around Bengal, where the BGP is up against a feisty Mamta Banerjee, the party is also facing a stiff battle in Assam, away from the media glare. Assam became the BGP's stepping stone for establishing its dominance in the Northeast. And now the party is fighting to defend its turf. A significant development that upended the entire political equation in Assam was that the Congress announced its alliance with the AIUDF, BPF, CPI, CPIM, CPIML, and the Anchalik Gana Morcha. So, what are the main issues of contention in the state of Assam? Other than Menon, the Quinn's political editor, Bazin. See, if one goes by the data uh, that one is getting from Assam, uh, the top election issues are what they would be in any other state unemployment, price rise, and uh, development. Uh, but this is election is also a referendum on a very contentious issue in Assam, the Citizenship Amendment Act. Uh, now, the first phase of polling uh, is taking place in, in the upper Assam region. Uh, this is a region that the BJP swept in the 2016 assembly elections and also in the 2019 Lok Sabha elections. Uh, but in 2019 and 2020, this became the epicenter of the protests against the Citizenship Amendment Act. Uh, I mean, in Assam, CAA is a very big issue because there is a fear among the indigenous Assamese uh, population that uh, uh, the CAA would lead to an influx of Bangladeshi Hindus in Assam, and it will disturb the delicate uh, the delicate demo, uh, demographic balance in the region. So, uh, CAA was a very very big uh, uh, agitation. Uh, there was a very big agitation against the CAA in Assam, uh, but. Has the BJP managed to contain the damage of uh, that agitation or or will the new parties that have come out of the agitation be able to capitalize on it or will the Congress be able to channelize the issue uh, and damage the BJP? So that is a very, it is probably the most contentious issue in the Assam election, particularly in the first phase. In 2016, the BJP won Assam riding on 15 years of anti-incumbency against Tarun Gogoi's government. However, the era of the anti-incumbency vote is back, with only one out of every four governments getting re-elected since 2014. So how is the BJP faring with its manifesto promises in the state? And what has been working in its favour so far? Aditya Vezin. See, Assam is not a state like Rajasthan or Himachal Pradesh or Kerala uh, that you know, tends to alternate power every five years. Uh, this is a state that values uh, stability, that values continuity, and it is because of that uh, stability that uh, Tarun Gogoi was able to win three terms as uh, chief minister. Uh, the fact that he you know, is seen to have taken the state uh, out of its era of insurgency and violence. Uh, so the BJP's five years haven't been bad in that sense. They have given a reasonably stable government. Uh, the party also claims that uh, direct benefits have reached a very large portion of Assam's population and the party is counting heavily on these direct benefits to benefit it in terms of votes. Uh, the BJP also has been claiming that government schemes have worked uh, very well, especially in matters of last mile delivery. 
so these are some of the factors that the bjp is banking upon in addition to that of course there is caa so while the caa uh, will might cause the bjp uh, some support among smes hindu voters and smes muslim voters uh, it might uh, it it is likely to benefit the bjp greatly among bengali hindu voters for whom this is a very important issue uh, the bjp is also given autonomous councils uh, to smaller uh, uh, indigenous ethnic communities like mottaks and morans uh, so the bjp is counting heavily on their support as well it has also uh, you know the, taken control of many of the hill councils uh, so the hill councils also might uh, uh, go in favor of bjp this is what the party's calculation is one of the central issues in assam elections is the plight of the tea garden workers particularly their low wages which are almost half that compared to states like tamil nadu and kerala presently tea garden workers in assam get rupees 167 per day and are provided residence within the labor lines in tea states compared that to other states the daily wage for a tea garden worker in kerala is rupees 380.38 in tamil nadu the wages are reportedly rupees 333 per day and the tea workers also work under very difficult conditions according to a report by the international labor organization the typical violation of workers include denial of healthcare and subsidized food inadequate provisions of housing and water and sexual harassment and being the incumbent government both in the state and at the center the bjp has been criticized for not doing enough for the tea garden workers aditya weighs in on how the bjp has tackled the issue of tea workers in the state and how influential is their vote so when the bjp uh, was fighting their last election the the wages of tea garden workers was close to 137 rupees per day uh, the party came to power and uh, a, a little after that it increased it to 167 rupees per day but even this was less than half of what it had promised during the 2016 elections uh, you know that is 351 rupees per day Uh, so obviously there is a great deal of uh, anger among uh, the tea garden workers just before elections the bjp announced that it's going to increase the wage rate by 50 rupees uh, so it became 217 rupees it is still much less than the 351 that has been proposed uh, that it had promised and it's also much less than what the tea garden workers get in uh, states like kerala and tamil nadu uh, where it is you know way over 400 rupees Uh, so it is because of uh, these reasons that there is some degree of resentment among tea garden workers having said that uh, the bjp has made a great deal of inroads among tea garden workers uh, through government schemes as well as through the rss uh, so the i mean the argument that bjp supporters give is that while the wages may not have increased other kinds of benefits have reached uh, the tea garden workers most of whom are uh, quite poor also Uh, so the direct benefits uh, the bjp says has reached this section uh, so these are some of the factors which the bjp is hoping uh, might help it contain the anger of the tea garden workers and retain this very very crucial uh, vote bank in the in these elections you know tea garden workers are close to 18% of the population assam and are extremely influential in the upper assam region which goes to uh, polls on the 27th In coming back to the issue of the Citizenship Amendment Act, the BJP's manifesto in Assam is surprisingly silent on it. Now, CAA has been a major source of disaffection in Assam, and interestingly, before the 2016 election in the state, which the BJP party won, the party promised implementation of the act. Now, the protest against the act has subsided due to COVID-19 and the government's crackdown as well, but there are signs of a revival. As per a C-voter survey, 
44.6% of respondents feel that the BJP's silence on this issue will increase its winning chances, while 25.2% feel that this will hurt BJP's prospects. Meanwhile, 15.8% feel that BJP's silence will have no impact, and 14.4% can't say. And the BJP's main opponent, the Congress, has promised that it will not implement CAA in the state if it comes to power, which is also their main narrative for this election. As per the C voter survey, 50.9% of respondents feel that CAA is a threat to indigenous Assamese language and culture, while 31.2% disagree and 17.9% can't say. And since the Congress has picked the side on the issue, the question remains is if it will play in their favour, especially among the Assamese-speaking voters, who have some resentment towards the BGP on the implementation of the Act. Aditya speaks on the Congress campaign in Assam so far and how it may play out in the upcoming polls. So the Congress has actually surprised many of its critics by running a very aggressive and focused campaign in Assam. Uh, the party took a very, very clear stand against the CAA. We had uh, uh, Rahul Gandhi wearing uh, a traditional Assamese gamosa, which uh, clearly said no CAA. And the party has consistently been saying that it will oppose the implementation of CAA in Assam if it comes to power. Uh, so the Congress is clearly trying to woo the Assamese uh, Hindu and Assamese Muslim vote back. Assamese Muslims have traditionally been pro-Congress. Uh, but Assamese Hindu vote is something that the Congress never quite got except for uh, one or two elections won by Tarun Gogoi. So the Congress, which was earlier seen to be a party largely of uh, minority communities like Muslims and tea garden workers and Bengali Hindus, is now trying to repackage itself as a party representing the interests of ethnic uh, SMEs uh, people as well. Uh, so this is a very interesting uh, development that has happened. The BJP, which tried to champion the same cause in 2016, is now on the other side having supported the CA and the Congress is now championing the cause of uh, the ethnic Assamese people. Uh, whether this works, how much dent the Congress is able to make, uh, we would need to wait for the results. The battle of the Northeast will finally begin tomorrow, with both races in West Bengal and Assam seeming to end in a photo finish. The Quint reporters are already hitting the battleground state and we will be bringing you the ground reports analysis, explainers, fact-checks, interviews and behind-the-scenes and more. For the latest updates on elections, head to the Quint website and follow our social media channels. If you liked listening to this episode, please subscribe to The Big Story for episodic updates. We're available on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, GeoSavan and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quint website and for any feedback, please shoot an email to podcast at thequint.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quint website and check out our other podcasts. 